Welcome to the SCORE Small Business Success Podcast, Been There, Done That. To get free mentoring services, as well as to see the wide variety of resources available for small businesses, visit our website at www.score.org or call 1-800-634-0245. And now, here's your host, Dennis Zink. Episode number 42, Cash Flow and Inventory Management. Fred Dunnier joins us today in our studio as co-host, SCORE mentor, and our audio engineer. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, Dennis. Our guests today are Jamie Schwartz and Allison Boswell. Welcome to Been There, Done That. Hi, guys. This is Jamie. As a partner of uh, SCORE, we're very happy to be here. Thanks so much for having me. As the head of community programs at Cabbage, Jamie Schwartz educates small businesses about financing options and the benefits of online lending. Before Cabbage, Jamie worked for Intuit. Jamie holds an undergrad degree in finance from the University of Pittsburgh and an MBA from Boston University in marketing and international finance. Cabbage is an online lender offering lines of credit up to $100,000 for companies that have been in business for at least one year. Since its inception, over 100,000 loans have been made in excess of $2 billion to small businesses. Allison Boswell started her retail consulting business in 1985. In 2010, she joined Management One, a part of the Reedy Consulting and Analysis team. In addition to planning, Allison works with her clients on employee compensation, training, social media, marketing, and vendor relations. She has been working with clients for as long as 27 years. Reedy Consulting has won a number of awards, including Best Client Retention and Highest Annual Sales. Let's start with the most basic question. What is cash flow? Hi, guys. Jamie from Cabbage here. So cash flow is the actual amount of money actually coming in and out of the business. And here at Cabbage, we actually use that information to really determine the creditworthiness of our customers. And what do you look for as far as creditworthiness? So we're looking at positive inflows and outflows of cash. So obviously, the more cash you have coming into the business that covers your overhead expenses, the better. Jamie, when I run a business, uh, I look to have my cash flow at a ratio of about two to one, where I had about twice as much revenue coming in as expenses. Does that number make any sense or does it depend on the business? It definitely depends on the business. Obviously, the higher your um, ratio, the better. Um, But here at Cabbage, uh, we're looking for healthy cash flow, which is a consistent inflow of cash that is covering your day-to-day expenses. You know, when a business grows, one of the things that stresses its cash. Um, The more you grow, the more successful you are, the more it stresses your cash. How does Cabbage get involved with that? So as businesses grow, they sometimes outgrow their needs. Um, Here at Cabbage, we provide a smaller line of credit up to $100,000. So at that point, if you're needing more, then there are other options available. Um, But here at Cabbage, if you're growing into a new space, um, trying to cover your inventory costs, et cetera, then Cabbage could be a good fit. So what's the most common mistakes that you would say that small businesses uh, make when it comes to cash flow? Hi, this is Allison Boswell. Well, for new business owners, being, it's being undercapitalized because they don't estimate their expenses accurately. Um, if you don't know, uh, if you're in a new business, you give a, your best shot at, at your expenses and you usually start with a finite amount of money. And sometimes 
it's really not enough to do what you need to do. For established stores, it's, uh, it's not having an accurate forecast. I hear all the time from clients, oh, I've only been in business one year, two years, three years. I can't really predict what my sales are going to be. But really, if you have 12 months worth of sales, you do have a benchmark. And uh, there are many different ways of planning. Uh, you can at least take a look uh, at last year and decide, well, am I looking for an increase? Um, but you have to remember that uh, hoping for an increase is not the same thing as planning for an increase. And you need to have a strategy for what you're going to be doing differently than last year if you're planning to grow. Is that more inventory, more promotions, uh, fresher merchandise? Uh, so if you don't have a plan, then you can't, for one, estimate what your cash flow needs are going to be. Many businesses strive to have recurring revenue streams as opposed to selling onesies and twosies. I mean, when you can start your month and you know you've got so much booked in the bank that should be coming in, um, does that help in the lending process because there's kind of a guaranteed cash flow that's coming in as opposed to a business that's just dependent upon people walking in and selling one thing here, two things there. So it's always better to have an understanding, like Allison mentioned, of what your expected cash flows are going to be. With that being said, there are a lot of businesses that are seasonal and know they don't do as well in certain months as in others. And that's a perfect example of when you could use a financing option. So if you know that the summer is your dry season, then you want to plan ahead and make sure you have something that'll cover your costs, so a lending option like Cabbage. And then when you're expecting your revenues to occur in the fall or winter season, uh, then you're prepared to be able to pay back that loan. And what kind of tools would you say are important uh, when planning cash flow? Well, for one, having an up-to-date uh, profit and loss statement so you know what your average expenses are, uh, excluding merchandise. I'm speaking mainly of retail here, but this applies to a lot of businesses that carry inventory. Um, you want to look at your income statement, um, have your accountant set it up so you're looking at your expenses as a percent of your sales. So for instance, if your sales are $100,000 and your payroll is $20,000, then your payroll is 20% of your sales. This makes, makes it easier to, to see the consistency of your business uh, high expenses jump off the page, so you can uh, say, wait a minute, I'm spending a lot of money uh, on payroll. Is, is this really what I need to be doing? When you look at just dollars, it's very hard to make sense of it. When you look at the percentages, it makes it a lot clearer. It also uh, gives you the opportunity to compare yourself to like businesses. If you can get a hold of ind industry standards, you can say, oh, okay, well, the average rent should be under 10%, and then I know whether I'm high or low. One other thing, and, and this applies especially to very small businesses that are just getting started, is to actually plot your cash flow on a, on a calendar, to actually look and see what dates cash is coming in and what dates cash is going out, and to get a, a real feel for what the ebbs and flows of your cash flow are all about. Absolutely. You know, it's also important to have your sales planned out 12 months, so you know, uh, and most businesses do have an ebb and flow. Some people have you know, huge Decembers, but that's not true for everybody. Uh, often stores that have a big December business or uh, businesses that have a big December business ha uh, tend to have a really poor January. So that really can put a pressure on cash flow. What's a common misconception about profit and cash flow? Well, that, that, there's the, that they are the same thing. I see a lot of businesses that show profit but are strapped for cash. 
um, typically that profit is tied up in excess inventory. Uh, the calculations on your uh, P&L do not necessarily reflect your bank balance. Uh, you can also have great cash flow and no profit. Uh, it just depends on your capital position that you start with. If your profit is tied up in inventory, um, you need to take a look at the value of that inventory. If it's, if it's older merchandise, uh, it's probably not doing you any good. You'd be better off liquidating and taking the cash. Uh, and sometimes people stockpile inventory. They say, oh gosh, we use this year round, or we get a, a price break if we buy a lot ahead of time but it puts a lot of pressure on your cash flow and it's not really the best use of your money. So uh, getting inventory in smaller amounts more frequently is much better for your cash flow. And it also gives you the opportunity to change your inventory mix as you see trends in the marketplace. Uh, would you be referring to just-in-time inventory, the JIT? Uh, not necessarily. It depends on uh, the kinds of kind of business you have, but uh, in retail, uh, Clients can spend money either for immediate, within the 30-day window, all the way up to six to nine months out. And the closer to the season you buy your merchandise, generally speaking, the, the better buy you're going to make. So what's more important to a business? Should it be their cash flow or their profit? Uh, again, it does, it, it does depend um, on, uh, on where you are, but cash flow is king. So the more cash flow you have, the more opportunity you have to grow your business. You know, I couldn't agree more. I think uh, what a lot of businesses, you know, they, they have their P&L and they have their balance sheet and they really ignore cash flow. And when, when you're out of cash, you're dead, basically. You're out of business. So I would agree that's incredibly important. But let me ask you, what should a business owner do if a business has trouble paying their bills seasonally? If a business has a lot of seasonality to their sales, meaning some months are dramatically higher than others, chances are they will feel uh, strapped at certain times of the year. Uh, this is the best reason to have a line of credit uh, when you have a temporary dip, dip in cash flow. I, I plan cash flow for many of my clients, and uh, they often have a few months each year where they're in the red. And that's, that's really okay as long as we're not seeing a trend spiraling downward. If you typically pay your invoices within 30 days and two or three times a year, you're in a 60 to 90 day range, you're probably doing better than a lot of businesses. But this is uh, a perfect reason to have a line of credit so you don't even have to do that. If you're increasing your, your debt every month, then you have a problem that you need to address uh, immediately. It's not going to resolve itself and you need to change what you're doing and be realistic about the future. Jamie, does Cabbage set up a line of credit when you, let's say, a business needs uh, $75,000? Is the money available and they have to take it all at once? Or is it available as a line of credit where they are charged interest when they draw it down? So it is a traditional line of credit. So just because you have an uh, amount available to you doesn't mean you have to take all of it and you'll only be paid on what you, or you'll only have to pay for what you take out. Um, it's a monthly payment um, based on how long, uh, what you take out. It is either a six-month term or a 12-month term, and it's also a revolving line. Something unique about Cabbage is we're looking at your business data in real time, and so we're able to see those ebbs and flows in your cash flow and perhaps extend your line of credit or lower your rate depending on uh, what's going on in your business. How do you do that real time? 
It's all connected through your online account. So when you sign up for Cabbage, we're actually uh, sending a direct API directly into your online bank account, any other online account that you have associated with your business, so your payments account, your QuickBooks account, anything that you have online, and we're able to look at that data in real time. Allison, how does turnover impact cash flow? It's very important. Um, that, well, as I was talking before about uh, businesses that stockpile inventory, the more often you turn your merchandise, the more the, the better your cash flow is. So again, if you're buying inventory twice a year, turning your inventory twice a year, then you're, that means you're, you've got six months' worth of inventory that you're hanging on to. If you turn your merchandise four times a year, then you're, you only have merchandise for three months. In uh, retail businesses, the faster the turn, it usually uh, translates into higher sales as well because fresher merchandise is more exciting to the customer and sells faster. The older the goods are, the less attractive they become. So is there an ideal number of turns, or does it depend on the industry? I mean, is there a range that, um, you know, if I'm selling gifts, uh, merchandise, um, should I, is there an X amount of turns I should be looking to, to have per year? It's actually got... A- quite a wide range. Uh, in some businesses, a, a two-turn is an acceptable ratio. When we plan our clients' businesses, we don't plan it on the store level. We actually plan it on the classification level. So we would plan um, gifts differently than we would plan shoes, dif- differently than we would plan apparel. So it really does uh, change dramatically within the industry. What do you think about using credit cards to fund inventory? You know, a small business owner has got to use every method they can to, to do whatever they have to to succeed. And uh, certainly I know I've done that over the years. What do you think about using credit cards? Well, it's not something that we recommend. Um, the most common reason I hear for doing it is miles. <laughs> and when you use credit cards to fund inventory, you lose uh, control over the transaction. Uh, the vendor can charge you uh, whenever they want, and it l- limits your ability to cancel goods, return goods, negotiate uh, markdown money, and refuse late deliveries. Um, line of credit is a much better way of handling uh, inventory purchases and will help you establish credit with vendors, which credit cards will not do. You know, I have to tell you that uh, I absolutely agree with your answer, but my dentist was very, very successful, and he never paid to fly anywhere. He had some more miles. He bought all his dental equipment and fillings and whatever he bought using a, a credit card, miles card. So, um, yeah. Anyway, I, we have clients like that. I have a client that uh, does uh, twelve million dollars in uh, sales. So yeah, they get free everything. Of course, it, <laughs> of course, you might be paying eighteen to twenty-four percent interest on those things that you've bought as well. Well, he paid it off right away. So. Right. Yes. If you're not if you're not paying your bills, then you're really in trouble. Does discounting merchandise hurt cash flow? Not really. It depends. You have to start with a healthy markup to begin with. But um, markdowns um, or discounting is uh, a normal part of business, and sometimes it can actually improve your cash flow. When people are holding on to merchandise that really isn't saleable anymore, it's been sitting there for six months, and you're just hoping somebody's going to come in and want it, chances are they're not. But if you mark it down, you can get the cash out of it, and then 
uh, use that money to buy merchandise that will maybe be more appealing to your client and turn faster. What do you think about uh, um, businesses that offer uh, buy one, get one free? I mean, you know, how do they do that? Well, um, that's a promotion, and it's one that uh, is usually done on things that are moving slowly. It's not something you would do on a hot item, but if you're overstocked and you're trying to reduce your inventory and get out of a problem, it's a good way. You could mark things down half off, but often a buy one, get one free, which is basically the same thing. You're, you're getting rid of more units, so that's, uh, it can be a good strategy. What's the most important thing a business can do to improve their cash flow? For most businesses, it's controlling their inventory and controlling their buying. When I ask new clients uh, how they decide what to buy, many say, well, I just bought what I bought last year. Um, but how do you know if you bought it correctly last year? What if you want to grow your sales? Uh, you can't do the same thing and expect a different result. Uh, I encourage you to look at your business, again, by classification, not by SKU, vendor, or department, but really drill down. If you're a clothing store, what's your top business? What's your pant business? What's your jacket business? What's your dress business? Uh, vendors and SKUs change dramatically from season to season. So there's not that much you can learn from that. Your customer buys by classification based on need. So your buying performance should reflect that need. Those things will stay fairly consistent year over year when you look at the classes and vendors and styles will change. So, um, you might have an in, uh, the appropriate amount of total inventory in your store, but if it's not allocated correctly, uh, it's still going to be a problem. And uh, carrying too much inventory is probably the number one reason why stores have poor cash flow. There's a, a show you may have seen on CNBC called The Profit, and it's a fellow, Marcus Lemonis, goes into various businesses, and he wants to invest in the businesses if they're successful. About... It seems like 50% of the time he goes into the back room and he finds tons and tons of stuff back there that has never sold, never will sell. And it seems like that's his first occupation in there is to uh, get rid of that stuff. It seems like inventory control is a real serious problem in the retail industry. Can you elaborate a little bit about how that happens and, and what the best strategies are to deal with it? Yes. First of all, we love Marcus, <laughs> and um, it is a big problem, and, and mainly people don't really know that your POS system is supposed to be telling you where you are with your numbers, but there's a lot of POS systems out there, and quite frankly, a lot of them aren't very good. Uh, I say that's usually because they're designed by IT people instead of retailers. POS being point of sale, right? Point of sale systems, which is you know connects your your cash register to your inventory. Having a good POS system is really important and also being properly trained on your POS system, which is a, a step a lot of people uh, don't bother to go through. But if you have that data, then you have the tools to understand where you are. Uh, what we do at Management One is, provide, is take that information from your POS system and create a plan for the future. And we do that by looking at your history, but also by looking at your current trend and where we see opportunity to grow business and also where we see maybe some liabilities. Uh, but if you, if you have a good plan for your inventory, then you won't be overstocked like that. Now, maybe I'm dating myself here, but like old inventory. 
but uh, my first job was an inventory control manager for Sperry Remington Office Machine Division in New York. And we used card, a Cardex system was called, where you had these cards, then each card had a piece of the inventory number of the serial number and what it was. And we'd move these cards around all day as the as inventory moved out to dealers and stuff. But boy, have, have things changed. So uh, just a point of uh, information. What are some other ways businesses can save money to improve their cash flow? Well, many businesses overpay for their credit card processing. Uh, and often it's because they think it's easier because it's linked to their POS system or they have a relationship with a bank. But you shouldn't have to pay more than about 2% for processing. Uh, it can be challenging to vet that because a lot of companies have teaser rates. But there are some good ones out there that really do provide uh, a good value. Not having uh, your own uh, UPS or FedEx account uh, many vendors overcharge for shipping because they don't actually weigh the packages. If you ask uh, them to use your account, you'll be charged directly by the shipper. And we've seen stores uh, save a significant amount of money by ha using their own accounts. Another way you can uh, improve your cash flow is, is really be wary of ordering merchandise you don't really need just to qualify for price breaks. Uh, again, the, the max, I think, uh, any business in that has an inventory business should ever order a six-month supply. Any more than that's really going to hurt your cash flow. But for most businesses, you don't even want that amount. Uh, another uh, thing that hurts cash flow is ordering merchandise you don't really need because you're getting dating. If you're, if you're taking in merchandise that is not appropriate for your season, dating isn't going to help you. Uh, if you feel like it's a, what you should be getting is a discount, not dating. Can you explain um, that? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know the your use okay. of that word. Dating. Okay. Dating is so, like, would um, you like to go out on a Friday night and to a movie with me? <laughs> you swipe right or left. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, ordering uh, merchandise you don't really need because you're getting uh, a uh, dating or a extra time to pay the bill. Uh, There's okay. no reason to order merchandise you don't need just because they're giving you three or six months to pay it. If you're negotiating with vendors on something, negotiate on a discount instead. The other thing that most businesses don't look at very carefully is their pricing structure. And there's you know, some kind of old-fashioned formulas for, your, for what a margin should be, but um, those things have changed because the market has changed dramatically. It's so much more promotional now than it ever used to be. That means you need to get a couple extra points on the front end. Uh, another thing that hurts cash flow is not having a separate account for your sales tax. Some big business owners end up dipping into their sales tax money and then get short when it comes time to pay it. Uh, it's not your money. Don't use it. And if it's in a separate account, it removes the temptation as well as the stress uh, of scrambling to pay that bill. You talked about dating. We called it terms, uh, getting mm -hmm. favorable terms and taking discounts. Uh, are you suggesting, for example, the 2%, 10 net 30, so you take 2% off if you pay the bill within 10 days? Is that, is that what you're referring to? Yeah, that, that kind of thing. Um, you, you, it's less commonly offered than it used to be, uh, so you have to ask. Why do you think that's so? Uh, because vendors want to keep that 2%. <laughs> All right. You know, pricing is kind of interesting. And you mentioned there are formulas. Are you talking about like a keystone markup where you, where you, yeah. Yeah. Like a keystone markup in, at least in the apparel industry, that was, they did that when they had, you know, uh, 
a cash register that had a bell on it, but it's not how we mark things anymore. Our retail store should be a minimum of 55%, but we like to see stores closer to 60 Allison, is there anything that we have talked about that you would like to stress so that our listeners walk away with a particular uh, point in their mind? I, I think the main point is that planning is really important, and uh, you should never be surprised by your cash flow. You might miss your goals, but you should always know what you're expecting to uh, you, separating your monthly expenses, which are uh, probably a little bit more consistent that from your inventory, looking at those separately, looking at your sales goals, and, and tracking it, uh, projecting it out for at least six months so you can see where you're going to be. And you'll know uh, if you're going to have a, a time when you're going to be a little bit more squeezed than other times and know that you're going to come out of it and be able to pay the bills. I would suggest, as I'm thinking about it myself, that you also need to make a real effort to separate your variable costs from your fixed costs. Knowing the, dif- knowing the difference will incredibly help your planning, and not knowing the difference will, uh, will cause your plans to probably not work. Right. Uh, what about you, Jamie? Is there anything that you'd like to share with us uh, that we haven't talked about? Yeah, absolutely. Here at Cabbage, about a third of our customers are actually in the retail space. So I completely agree with Allison's point that a line of credit is usually the best option. That way you can access those funds when you need it. And understanding the fee structure of any borrowing you do is extremely important. So whether there's an origination fee or early payment fees and things like that is also very important. So not just what the money you need is, but also what any fees associated with uh, any borrowing you do. And here at Cabbage, we really pride ourselves on uh, no fees other than what you take out and transparency about those fees. Is there anything else that, uh, as you listen to the conversation, was there anything that struck you as an important point that, that our listeners should remember? I think planning is the number one um, key that we also tell our customers. If you really understand when you're going to experience those highs and lows of your business, then you're ready to take out funds. Well, thank you both for uh, enlightening our listeners on cash flow and inventory management. It's been a pleasure having you on Been There, Done That. Thank you so much for having us. You've been listening to the SCORE Small Business Success Podcast, Been There, Done That. The opinions of the hosts and guests are theirs and do not necessarily reflect those of SCORE. If you would like to hear more podcasts, get a free mentor, view a transcript of this podcast, or would like more information about the services we provide, you can call SCORE at 800-634-0245 or visit our website at www.score.org. Again, that's 800-634-0245 or visit the website at www.score.org.